Masters, and welcome back to another episode of Masters of the Matrix. I am Greg M. In this topic, in this episode, I want to go over the topic of alien life. And the reason being is because there are starting to be a lot more media coverage over the possibility of UFOs and extraterrestrial life in the news lately. And this leads with the U.S. government report about spacecrafts. And they are going to be releasing um, a report to the Senate in uh, this month in June 2021. And they've already sort of announced to people that it's no, it's no, uh, it hasn't been confirmed nor denied, that whole, you know, thing that they do. Um but I find it very interesting and the timeline very interesting. So I wanted to talk about this subject with everybody out there. So some of you out there um, may already know a lot about the subject. Um, and if that's the case, that's great. The more you know, the better it is. Information is power. But for those that are new to the subject, um, I'm going to go over some things, um, some very interesting things about some of the history and, um, and how it all works and why it matters, why it matters for us. So what's my history? What's my experience with UFOs? Well, when I was young, probably around 12 years old, I was in my yard around 9 or 10 p.m. And this was in the summertime. And the sun was had just gone down. And I was looking towards the east. And I knew my area really well. And I lived in a farm, uh, sort of a farm town area. So I knew the lights well. I knew what... Um, you know what planes look like. I knew what what flying helicopters look like with the blinking lights. I knew what satellites were. Um, so I, I had looked over to the um, to this area and I saw this really bright light. I don't know about maybe five kilometers away, and it was very bright over this area, and I had not noticed it before. And as I was looking at this light, I was thinking in my head, "Oh, what is this thing? Is this a?" Uh, an, an aircraft. I don't see it blinking. I don't see any blinking lights, so I don't think it's an aircraft. Is it a star? I don't think it's a star because there's no other stars out yet. It wasn't uh, quite dark enough. Um, was it a farm light because it was so bright? Maybe the the farmer had put up some light, but I'm thinking, well, that's too far away. And then I thought, and I've always known in my heart that there's so much more going on than what it appears. So I, I instantly thought, well, maybe it's a UFO. And the millisecond that I thought that this light shot up into space at, it felt like the speed of light because I remember seeing the trail of light follow behind it. So that's how fast this, this craft was. It went faster than the light, the light was following behind it. And I was quite shocked and I ran inside and I told my mom, and I don't know if she believed me or not, but still to this day, I remember exactly what that looked like what that felt like and so um, I've had experiences since then but that was my first and so in my heart I know them to be true and this was back in probably the early 90s so I had my experience and I'm there's probably out there uh, many of you that have your experience so don't don't discount those experiences they're they're there for a reason they're there to show you um, the magic and the mystery of life they're not there to frighten you 
and don't allow others to um to gaslight you meaning to let you feel like that didn't happen or you're crazy for believing something that the mainstream doesn't believe because that isn't healthy either so there have been um countless records of ufo's um with people and the military going back almost 100 years since we've had recording devices and it goes back farther than that but let's start with that but they are so numerous even since then that we cannot cover them all but we will go over a few just to bring um, some of those up to speed that are new to the subject so in early 1942 there was the battle of los angeles and what this was this was a ufo that was sighted over the coast of la and so the army was called in spotted this with spotlights there's many spotlights of this if you google this you can see an image of it and they had seen this object flying within the spotlight so they shot thousands of rounds of ammunition at this machine this is in early 1942 but when they shot these thousands of rounds nothing happened there was no impact five people in fact died not from the alien attack not from this machine but from basically pure fright. Three died in car accidents and two died of heart attacks. So it just goes to show you how much power fear has over people. And many of you probably already know that the, there was a Roswell crash in 1947. So it was purported that um, the, an, a farmer uh, had found this alien uh, craft with uh, alien life uh, that was scattered on his property and the army was called in. It's interesting because when they, the day after, the army reported that it had captured a, a UFO, um, and this was in the paper, in the local paper, and they were quickly redacted that statement, and then they said it was a weather balloon, so they had this whole big press release and announced that it was, oh, sorry, it was just a weather balloon. Something very interesting, isn't it? In 1952, there was uh, UFOs that were spotted over the White House. Um, yes, the White House um, in, in Washington, D.C. So this, these, these were flying over for several, uh, several uh, minutes. Um, and this caused, obviously, major alarm in the U.S. government, but they didn't want to cause panic in its citizens, so they obviously downplayed the incident. And so these were the, some, just a couple of the early incidents, okay? So this, this goes to show you already 70 years ago or more, these things were already being recorded by people, by the military, being reacted by the military. So this was already that long ago. So that's something to really think about. And now some of the more recent ones, like, well, in 1997, um, there were the Phoenix Lights. Some of you might have heard about this, where thousands of people witnessed a, tri- a massive triangular craft over the city of Phoenix, Arizona. and. Uh, you know, a couple of days after the the governor um, put out a press release and they kind of made fun of the incident, kind of downplayed it. But after he retired, he actually had said and gone on record saying that he saw it himself and that he uh, felt pressure to uh, sort, of, sort of downplay the incident. Um, so that was a really massive one where there were so many people that saw it that you can't not say that it wasn't, um, it wasn't there. There was something going on. So. You know, a lot of these things happened um, over a, a long period of time. And, you know, a lot of governments were interested in this stuff, including uh, Hitler 
and his uh, right-hand man, Heinrich Himmler. So in World War II, um, before it got really out of control, well, the whole thing was out of control, but these, uh, these men were really interested in these um, sort of artifacts and th- these mysteries. And so they had uh, re- invested in this society called the Vril Society, which was led by Maria Orsic, um, who was purportedly a channeler, so someone who can go into a trance and communicate with otherworldly beings at either higher or lower dimensions. And so what she, this woman had done was uh, basically contacted beings from wherever and started drawing blueprints on how to build a spacecraft. So what, what they had done is, well, Hitler and, and Himmler, they took these blueprints and they've actually created these devices. And so the first device, the first machine was called Die Glocken, meaning bell because it was shaped like a bell. So this was the prototype. And so what I've researched was that it was using mercury, some sort of spinning mercury machine as its engine to create an anti-gravity field. And it's interesting because uh, in Poland, there was a POW camp and there were prisoners that were um, asked about this and they had said they saw a bell-shaped glowing object near their camps at night where the Germans were, they, they were hearing these Germans were testing this device. So this is all the way back in the 30s and 40s. So going as far back as that, they were already kind of playing with these machines. In World War II, again, um, you might have heard the, the term Foo Fighters. Most, most of us in modern time know it as the band. But where they got the name from, well, these were orbs that were um, sort of seen around World War II. They were flying around bombers, and they circled American bombers. And these things were actually photographed by the bombers themselves. And this goes even farther back. In ancient India and in the ancient Sanskrit epics, they talk about vimanas, which are basically flying ships. And in these epics and in these books and texts, they actually have the blueprints for these machines. It's it's quite incredible. So many cultures from all over the world, from many different eras, have talked about this in their oral and written history. You know, they've been seeing flying objects in their skies. And this is every, everyone from Native American culture to the cultures in Africa. It's very common knowledge from our ancestors all over the world. So another interesting topic that kind of relates to this is, is crop circles. Now, some of you might hear this and think, well, they're, they're just a hoax. Well, that's what they want you to believe. But crop circles are actually a byproduct of UFO interaction with our planet. So UFOs. These, these intelligences, they don't speak in English and Spanish or French. They speak in the language of the universe. They speak in mathematics. They speak in geometry. So that is what most of these crop circles look like. They are messages and they are codes to help us awaken. Yes, there have been verified hoaxes, but that is the world, right? There's always going to be someone out there who either wants attention or will deny anything outside of their perception until the day they die. That's just some people's role in life, and that's okay. But there are far too many examples of intricate messages and designs that happen to appear overnight. For example, there was a beer company in Japan that paid millions of dollars to create a crop circle in Australia that took them a week to make. Uh, It looked really cool, um, but there are far more intricate designs that were made overnight or made instantly. In fact, there was a video 
where someone captured two glowing discs or two glowing orbs that created crop circles instantaneously in broad daylight. And when I watched this video, to me, it was resonating to be true. It's way too difficult to be, um, to be made fake. So again, there are countless photos and, and stories of UFOs and interactions over the past hundred years. And there are also countless stories of alien abduction. So an author that I really enjoy listening and reading about in her, her books is her name is Dolores Cannon. She was a hypnotic therapist. And she specialized in uncovering hundreds, if not thousands, of cases of UFO abduction and, and more. And what she would do is she would, she would talk to the people's subconscious. She would talk to their higher selves. She would um, sort of uh, gain access to hidden and secret information that the conscious mind didn't have access to. Very, very incredible and fascinating stuff. I'd highly recommend um, you know, finding some of her books that resonate with you and seeing what you can find. There's so much incredible information in there. But she had found in her work that people had claimed uh, these abduction cases, that they were being abducted by aliens and UFOs, and they they described these events that were very amazing, that, for example, they would be taken um, in their cars by these these lights that would just beam them them and their cars into their ships, or they would be sleeping at night, and they would, they would see, they would see themselves floating through a wall. And then they would wake up and it would be on some sort of table surrounded by these beings. So under hypnosis, it was uncovered that most of these abductions were in fact contracts made before the person incarnated. So it's not like these beings are taking people forcefully. We are, remember, we are infinite beings living many experiences and many experiences at once. So there's levels to consciousness, and at certain levels of consciousness, we make um, contracts. We, we, we have these things that uh, go beyond our, our, our normal sort of consciousness um, knowing. So at, at, from the conscious perspective, it's very, very scary, very frightening, because we think, well, I, I don't want to be, I'm a victim, I don't want to be this. But at higher levels, you've actually made this deal, uh, made this contract in order to help humanity at some level. So please look into the author Dolores Cannon. She has a ton of books. They're super interesting at the very least. So some of famous cases of, of abduction. Well, one was Betty and Barney Hill in 1961. So this was the first widely publicized alien abduction experience. So apparently the Hills saw a huge flying disc while driving home in their car late at night. And then they later claimed that they were abducted and medically examined by small extraterrestrials. So this this, you can actually Google this, and you'll find a ton of information about it. So that was in 1961. And it was also in 1975, the story of Travis Walton. Some of you might recognize this name. So there was a logger, Travis Walton, and he reports being abducted by aliens for five days. Well, he was working with six of his workmates, and they claimed to have witnessed a bright light, a hovering disc, um, flying um, in the woods. And they stopped the truck, and he got out. And he felt the need to get to walk, get closer. And then he all of a sudden started floating and the guys in the car um, thought he died. So they, they fled the scene, leave, leaving him there. So for five days, um, these guys were being interviewed by the cops. They think that they perhaps murdered their friend. They buried them somewhere. Um, really, really interesting case. And in fact, he reappeared five days later 
near a gas station. He wrote a book later about this experience called The Walton Experience, which was later turned into the film Fire in the Sky. It's a 1993 film. I highly recommend that you watch that one. So I could go on and on. The cases are truly almost endless. And the sightings are almost endless. And now in our modern age, with everyone having a camera in their pocket, more and more sightings are taking place. So thus, it's becoming harder and harder to deny that these are even happening. So thus, I think this is why we are hearing about the U.S. government saying they can't confirm nor deny that these exist, but they're basically um, bringing it to the attention of, uh, of the public that this could be real or it may not be real. You know, t- typical government. So in the end, really, what, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for humans? Well, in my heart, this is very good news. Well, this means, you know, we are not alone in the universe, which I know to be true already. And I'm sure, you know, you listening know this to be true. And if you don't, that's okay. Let's, let's take this step by step. So this also means that, you know, we have a galactic family that cares about us, that cares about our well-being. And, you know, on the other side of it, if, if aliens did want to take over our planet and destroy us, it would have happened by now. So fear is, is just that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's there to control. But at the same time, that is not to say that there haven't been, you know, a negative influence by outside entities. So I believe they have. And this is by the means of religion. So controlling. As soon as you, ha- you have that, that control mechanism. And unfortunately, religion religion does control Um, government manipulation by politics, media manipulation. So these beings want to control through fear. Well, why why control? Why do they care? Well, not only to take our our resources. Well, Mother Earth is so abundant in resources, but also to use the energy we put out. So remember, everything is energy. Love is energy and fear is energy. And at certain levels of being, fear is food for many entities that are in the negative state. So in essence, when we live in fear, this energy we put out is essentially food for disincarnate entities and other entities. So I don't want to scare anybody out there. All right. You are powerful. I need to remind you of that. So, you know, when you think of it in that way, it can be a, quite a scary thing if you are in the frequency of, fill, of fear. But remember, when you create out of fear, you create more fear. So you have a choice. When you create out of love, you create more love. You then no longer become a vibrational match for beings or entities who are trying to use your, your energy as their sustenance, as their food. Now, to understand this is important. We don't need to fight anything. We don't need to win any war. The only thing we need to do is to live a life of integrity without manipulation that's full of love and the rest will take care of itself. Truly, I mean that. When we live in fear, we know that more, feel, more fear will be created. And that is when trouble can and will ensue. So again, please don't take this as a scare tactic. Everything has purpose, even fear. And darkness has a purpose, as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts. But when you're tired of living in fear, and you're tired of suffering, you have a choice to let go what no longer serves you. Think of it this way. There are parasites out there that can attach to you when your chemical pH balance is at a certain value that's basically out of whack. So if it's more acidic than alkaline, for example, that, that means chemically you're out of balance and therefore a potential target for parasites. 
So this is at the chemical level, the physical level. So there are levels to life. And at different energetic levels, there are parasites who will feed off your energy. And the cure for this is to bring your energy back into balance. And this is done through how you think and feel. Because your body is mostly water. And your body reacts to your thoughts and feelings. Remember the idea that water holds memory. We talked about this before. It's the same concept. So we need to wipe out that old cellular memory of fear from ourselves and create out of gratitude and love. And our bodies will accept that new programming. And we, therefore, we will vibrate differently. It'll move us forward so we're not a vibrational match for entities that are looking for low vibrational food. So back to the idea of aliens. Now that we realize that there will always be polar opposites, hot and cold, dry and wet, love and hate, um, that's just the world we live in. We live in a world of duality. That's what gives us these experiences. It's the same for aliens. So there are some bad out there, but there's a lot of good ones too. And the, and the ones that are here, that are good, they're here to help. For example, you know, where do you think the governments and some of these scientists got some of their technology from? Where do you think lasers and fiber optics and these other medical breakthroughs came from out of nowhere? Some of it was traded technology. And some of it was implanted in the minds of scientists from aliens who are trying to secretly help us grow. See, that's the power of thought. Everything is energy. That's at, at certain levels of evolution, we become a collective and we can see beyond what our eyes are telling us. That's the power of, of coming together. That's the power of love. So some of these concepts might be a bit out there. But like I said, as you delve into this endless subject, you will start to uncover things that are just too coincidental to be random. And I know nothing is random, and everything is meant to be, anyway. So now that we are in the age of information, right? we're in the age of Aquarius, we have left behind the age of Pisces, the age of belief, we're going to see more and more information come out, more truth come out. And the fact that most governments have been having relationships and deals with extraterrestrials for over 70 years will eventually come out. It has to come out. So what deals have they made? And what was traded? Well, I just mentioned a few just now, but there are others, but I will leave this for another episode, but it's pretty wild stuff. So now that the U.S. government is investigating these videos taken by the Navy, and I put the word investigating into quotes, we know that something is up. Because this is something that we, that they have been actively covering up for nearly 100 years. So why are they investigating now? Why are they giving a report to the Senate this month? Remember, nothing is random. Everything is planned months and years in advance by these, by these arms of the governments. So one of the main reasons that they haven't revealed that UFOs are real to the public is that they are scared that the public will freak out. And well, that, that certainly may be true for a period of time because of religion and, and whatnot. But it is my belief that once this sort of Band-Aid rip-off time is over, People will learn to come together. They will learn to see each other as equals, regardless of their color, regardless of their race or belief system, realizing that we are a race in a myriad of races just in our galaxy alone. What a revelation that would be. I also believe that they don't want to reveal this information because they don't want to reveal the deals they have made with these, extraterrestri for the, with these extraterrestrials for the fear of public backlash and outrage. So masters, as you dive 
deep into your truth, into spirituality, you will soon know within your hearts that life is inherent in this universe and all universes, and that there are endless dimensions of life to be experienced, that you are experiencing just one aspect of life, and it's time to take the blinders off for the benefit of mankind and Mother Earth so we can start to respect each other's life, way of life, and, and, and body as an aspect of the infinite creator and see each other as one. It's time to let go those old beliefs that, that there is scarcity, that you are separate, and that you have to fight for what you need to survive. Remember what you believe you create. Those are the goggles or glasses that filter your reality and hence make it real for you. I'm here to remind you that you are powerful beyond measure. You are an aspect of the creator. And in knowing that you co-create this reality and therefore can create any reality you desire when you create out of love. Let go what no longer serves the raising of your vibration. Let go of those old beliefs that aren't even yours to carry. Let go of the suffering that is no longer your burden. Pain is unavoidable. But suffering is optional. And the sooner you let it go, the sooner you can rise up to the truth of your real nature. You are infinite. You are powerful. And that every second you are creating what you are thinking, feeling, and believing. So let's all take responsibility and be aware of our thoughts. Let's create. And let's create with compassion and love in our minds and hearts so that we can create the heaven on earth that we all deserve. This will be the generation that is remembered for having the courage to break free from the chains of tradition. The generation that had the courage to look inward in order to find the path to oneness that leads to the golden age of humanity. Thank you, Masters, and have a great week. I'll see you next time. Take care.